Hey folks, it's Dr. Sam, and I want to welcome you to another Eye Clarity Podcast. We are at Podcast 105, and I'm actually doing a on-location podcast today. For those of you that want to also see the visual video part, uh, this will be uh, put up on my Facebook Instagram, YouTube pages. Uh, I'm on the east side of Santa Fe, um, just off of uh, Upper Canyon Road. And there's a beautiful uh, place that I go hiking uh, up here. And we're on the stream. And even though it's a uh, Indian summer, 80 degree day, we're still getting some nice flow uh, in the in the stream, which is good news. And um, so we've got a great show today. Uh, I've got three questions uh, I want to get to. A few brief announcements. Uh, we're going to be offering a online class. This is my second one this fall, October 17th. Saturday, October 17th at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. It'll be an hour and 15 minutes. And we'll be addressing your questions and your concerns about your eyes. I'm going to be offering different protocols, exercises, experiential techniques. Each class that I do is unique and different. Uh, if you register, I'll send you a questionnaire, fill it out, send it back to me, and the participants really design the content of the course and the class. So. <clears throat> I hope you can join me. You can register online at my website, drsamburn.com. Click on classes and that'll take you to the registration. You can go to Eventbrite um, and also you can uh, register on my Facebook page. The second announcement I want to make is that uh, we've just upgraded our web store. We've been getting a number of requests from doctors, health professionals, uh, people who love my products, including <laughs> the MSM drops. And um, if you want to become an alliance partner with me, uh, we have that available. So you can contact us at hello at drsamburn.com and we will um, give you the details and show you how to sign up. And if you refer people, um, you will get uh, a reward for that. So that's, we just put that up there and um, uh, yeah, I thought I would mention that. So I think let's jump into the questions. We have three questions today, as I said, and the first question is from a gentleman, Bruno. Hi, Bruno, welcome. And um, you're asking about caffeine affecting the eyes. Well, Believe it or not, caffeine in moderate amounts is actually beneficial for your eye health. Moderate levels can um, actually protect your eyes um, from retinal damage. And even in some cases, uh, the caffeine helps soothe your dry eyes. Uh, a couple of studies came out. One was um, published in out of Cornell University, which uh, said that coffee may in fact have a positive effect on eye health. There was another study that was published in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, 
and raw coffee was studied and there's a ingredient in coffee though coffee drinkers probably know this it's called colorogenic acid or CLA and this particular material ingredient uh, according to the study uh, was shown to help protect your eyes against uh, retinal degeneration you know things like uh, macular degeneration um, diabetic retinopathy glaucoma and just the natural aging of the eyes so I think that um, you know I would say in moderate amounts if you can get some fresh raw coffee uh, and you drink it moderately uh, it could have some uh, benefits um, for you so Bruno I want to thank you so much for the question all right now we're going to move to question two and this is uh, Gail she's asking about Dr. Byrne, you are, you're talking about the difference between probiotics and prebiotic fiber. Can you tell me what the difference is? Okay, so probiotics are live bacteria. They're found in certain foods, uh, also in supplements. Uh, they can provide a number of health benefits. Um, and they support what we call the microbiome. That's the healthy bacteria in the gut. Now, prebiotics, these are substances that come from types of carbohydrate foods, mostly fiber-based foods. And these are foods that humans have difficulty generally digesting, but the microbiome, the beneficial bacteria, um, actually eat this fiber, and the gut bacteria, which are called gut flora, or gut microbiota, perform many functions in the body and one of the main ones that it does is that um, it helps boost your immune system number two it reduces inflammation and number three it actually helps in dietary absorption now there was a study that was put out in 2013 um, and uh, the the researchers confirmed that the gut needs a wide variety of good bacteria and one of the things that they were studying is our mood our depression and that actually if we get more probiotics that it could actually help reduce depression and reduce obesity Another thing that these probiotics, in terms of the researchers that they were studying, is something called short-chain fatty acids. And they're the main nutrient source of the cells lining our colon. So they promote a strong gut barrier that helps keep out the harmful substances, viruses, toxins, harmful bacteria. And of course, this helps in the, in the long term keeping your inflammation uh, at bay and ultimately could reduce your risk of developing cancer so the but the the, the gut bacteria um, work in tandem with the prebiotic fiber and together this is a great combination for um, improving your intestinal health now some foods that uh, we would we would call high in probiotic prebiotic fiber would be beans legumes 
berries, uh, Jerusalem artichokes, asparagus, dandelion greens, garlic, leeks, onions. So these are all what we call prebiotic fiber foods that turn into the short chain fatty acid called butyrate. And butyrate has been extensively studied um, to, um, to challenge <clears throat> um, the deterioration that could go on in the gut. So bottom line is that if you are um, eating foods high in fiber that are prebiotic fiber, and you're also eating fermented foods, then this is more in the probiotic world, things like sauerkraut, kimchi, um, kombucha, kefir, um, <clears throat> pickles. Uh, all of these things uh, are the probiotics that work with the prebiotic uh, fiber. Now, um, one question that I get quite a bit, <clears throat> should we be taking a probiotic supplement? And that's a really good question because each supplement has its own strain or maybe multiple strains of bacteria, but we don't exactly know what strains we need and what strains <clears throat> you know, we don't need. This is why I think it's very important to um, have a session with your functional medicine doctor, um, get some blood work done, figure out you know, what kinds of probiotics, what bacterial strains you need, how much you need, when to take it. You know, all of those things are individually designed based on your human, your gut health. And in keeping your um, intestinal health at a high level, which is right now one of the keys in, you know, boosting our immune health, reducing inflammation, <clears throat> increasing dietary absorption, and of course, I've talked about a bit about the relationship between our gut health and our eye health, that when we have difficulties in our gut um, and we're suffering uh, either inflammatory disease or um, poor dietary absorption, eventually it's going to wreak havoc on all the blood vessels and the cells in the eyes. And it's one of the main kind of threads that I draw in my own history taking when somebody has been diagnosed with a certain eye condition. So um, I want to thank you for the question, Gail. Um, and um, yeah, stay tuned. All right, last question today. This is uh, a gentleman, his name's Bob. And Bob is dealing with something called wet macular degeneration. And he is in his first uh, round of injections, and he, the drug that he just received is called Avastin. And he wants to know what I think of Avastin, what I think of the injection process for wet macular degeneration, and are there any alternatives? <clears throat> so generally speaking, I think that we have become so codependent on pharmaceutical drugs as the answer and this is what allopathic medicine has to offer us. And if you notice, uh, you know, when there are commercials about pharmaceutical drugs at the very end for the last 10 seconds of the commercial, and it could cause dot, 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 and there are a lot of side effects. So now if we kind of 
focus in on wet macular degeneration, this is a condition that um, is troubling because the macula is the part of the eye that helps us see detail. And we can have the dry kind of macular degeneration, which isn't quite as serious, or the wet kind, which means that abnormal blood vessels grow in the back of the eye behind the macula. And they partly do that because they're starving for nutrition. Um, so the eye in its, its um, you know, resourcefulness tries to create this nutrient uh, exchange by creating these blood vessels, but they're not very strong. They're very leaky. So it creates a, an edema, uh, a fluid buildup behind the macula, and it creates an incredible distortion in the part of your vision that's so important for identification and details. And uh, the thing with, you know, chronic macular edema, swelling of the macula, fluid behind the macula, Avastin is one of the drugs that is used uh, and has been approved by the FDA, which blocks a substance called vascular endothelial growth factor, better known as VEGF. And the theory is, is if you can block or slow down the VEGF, this can prevent further growth of the blood vessels. And um, this is the, the reasoning behind Avastin. And so uh, on a kind of a, an ideological level, this sounds like a good idea, but what ends up happening is that you have to continually get injections to stave off the symptoms of the leaky blood vessels. So you're not really getting to the causative factors of what's behind the, um, the blood vessels, the swelling, the edema that can occur behind the macula. So um, the first thing I want to say about, you know, any eye condition, that when we have an eye condition, there's going to be a systemic, metabolic, energetic, nutritional, uh, sometimes even emotional and spiritual reason why our eyes are letting us down. And when we treat the eyes as part of an integrated system with the body, we have a much better chance of treating the cause. And in doing that, eventually we can move off of these allopathic symptomatic treatments that actually in the long run, they create some side effects like um, blurriness, inflammation, redness, irritation, and just the trauma that you have to go through every four to six weeks to continually getting these shots just to keep your eyes possibly from getting worse. So I want to lay out a couple of things that one can think about if they've been diagnosed with this condition and they want to steer more towards complementary therapies. So number one, it's very important to take a look at what are you eating? Uh, foods that are high in uh, high glycemic sugars, um, foods that are high in inflammation um, can exacerbate uh, retinal circulation issues. And especially in the macula, because it's an avascular tissue, which means it relies on its nutrient absorption indirectly. And the ingredients or the, 
should say the nutrients that the macula needs are the famous carotenoids that I talk about, uh, astaxanthin, zeaxanthin, and um, lutein. So in that particular uh, triangle of carotenoids, you should be taking somewhere around 20 milligrams a day of lutein, 6 milligrams of zeaxanthin, and 12 milligrams of astaxanthin per day. Uh, so that's number one. I would also add bilberry as an herbal support on the retina, and you're looking at 150 to 200 milligrams a day of bilberry. Obviously, you need to look at your vitamin A, beta carotene <clears throat> uh, situation, and that needs to be boosted somewhere between 10 and 15,000 IUs a day. Now, there was an arid study that came out uh, in 2006 which talked about if you are a smoker, um, that you need to be careful about whether you're eating uh, foods that have vitamin A or whether you're doing beta carotene, um, because there are risk factors um, around smoking or a, being a former smoker and what form of vitamin A and beta carotene you should be, um, you should be ingesting. I think that uh, some other things that you should consider, number two, would be what is the state of your gut? And if you have any inflammatory disease, are you, again, getting enough of the good microbiome in your diet? Um, these are things that you need to explore with a functional medicine doctor to find out where the inflammation is. Because if you have inflammation systemically, um, it is going to transfer to the eyes, and this is another uh, risk factor for wet macular degeneration. Number three, if you've been exposed to mold in your life, there may be mold in you, and one of the places that it likes to settle is in the eyes, and it likes to settle in the macula. So to get tested for mold is another thing that I would do in the journey of figuring out why your macula is producing these abnormal blood vessels. Number four is investigate your dental history and your dental health. So if you have had uh, root canals or mercury amalgams, I would get yourself to a biological dentist, start working with ozone therapy and getting the mercury out of your mouth. Heavy metal toxicities can highly affect your eyes. Um, I would probably add right on top of that, seek out a Chinese medicine doctor and get some acupuncture. Many of the meridians, um, the organs and glands, those meridians run to the eyes. They travel to the eyes. And if you can improve the meridian energetics between the organ and the eye, uh, this is another way that you can begin to reverse um, some of the causes of why you're developing wet uh, macular degeneration. The eye exercises are really helpful. <clears throat> I can't emphasize this enough. You know, being proactive with your eyes means that you're giving them new food constantly, new experiences, new neurological, um, yeah, new, neuro new neurological playtime. And so the exercises are going to really give you more than um, you're getting right now, which is probably staring at a screen. And um, you need to open your horizons. And there's a plasticity 
that the eyes do uh, do have so that when you start doing these exercises it can really uh, be a change in the playing field of your eye health and then two more things <clears throat> color therapy can be very helpful at um, reducing uh, the wet macular degeneration you know anytime you're looking at different colors in the eyes you're improving the retinal health on uh, the retinal cells the photoreceptors so seek out a person who does color therapy who can help you with that and then last but not least if you do uh, any kind of screen time single vision lenses no progressive lenses blue blockers are a must for you blue light is very damaging and if your macula is already at risk uh, you're going to um, you know make it worse if you're not using blue blockers so that's another thing so there are many um, many things that you can do uh, there's so many different reasons why we develop wet, wet AMD I do a lot of telehealth around it and uh, you know each person is bringing their individual situation to the table so a lot of times we have to try different things but you can <clears throat> slow down and even reverse wet macular degeneration using these and other techniques and move away from the um, very invasive injection therapies so um, I want to thank you so much for the question I know it's uh, I get a lot of my community um, wet AMD is a big question we get so I hope this is helpful for you well ladies and gentlemen um, I think that's a wrap I'm gonna call it a day I want to thank you so much for tuning in as always and uh, send me your questions if you've got any I'm happy to answer them for you <clears throat> I'm also on Facebook live every Wednesdays 6 p.m. Mountain Time and you can send me your questions then and um, until next time take good care you're listening to a podcast with dr sam byrne to learn more about his seminars and workshops visit his website www.drsambyrne.com the byrne method is a trademark signature of dr sam byrne for his workshops seminars books and dvds the information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.